Jacqueline Jack Perez is on a mission to normalize aging. In 2017, she created Cool Life, a website providing community and expert advice for midlife women. Along with curated content, real-life expert advice, the site also showcases women-driven brands. Now, in this episode of Midlife Mastery, we discuss the importance of community, the dangers of isolation, outdated beliefs and stereotypes about aging, the importance of normalizing aging, and, and what that might look like, as well as what she enjoys most about midlife. Now, Jack and I share similar experiences and dismay about how midlife is thought about, and we started our respective ventures for very similar reasons. So no surprise, I'm excited to share this episode with you today. And before we get started, I do want to call out and highlight two previous episodes. One is with Gail Gensler, and this goes back about a year or so, but she is one of the experts on Cool Life and was a guest on Midlife Mastery to discuss defying midlife stereotypes. And Gail does that wholeheartedly. She is in her early 60s and living in full-on beast mode with the energy, enthusiasm, and just love for life of someone less than half her age. And I, I challenge you, just try to keep up with her. Also, if you didn't catch the previous episode with Anita and Dario from Olive Your Life discussing their approach to creating an intentional, connected, and full life with a Mediterranean lifestyle, I highly recommend checking it out. Now, are you ready to take on some outdated stereotypes, maybe normalize aging, play bigger? Well, let's get started. Today's guest is Jack Perez, founder of Cool Life. So Jacqueline, tell us a little bit about yourself. I mean, we have a lot to cover here, by the way, if anyone's been to the Cool Life website, there's a ton to talk about there and your background. And also, I know you just mentioned your mission is really around normalizing aging. So we've got like 12 conversations that can happen. But before we even get to those kind of, you know, how do you introduce yourself to people? So Brock, first of all, thank you very much for hosting me. I'm very excited to be here today with you. Yes, I am I am a woman in midlife and beyond. That's I mean, I'm, I just turned 58 last week, July 9th. I just turned 58. But I am a first generation American, meaning both of my parents came as refugees in the early 60s to this country from Cuba. And I was the first child born in the US. There is a whole sort of paradigm around growing up as a child of refugee parents. I very early on in my single digits dealt with things like the electric company, the water bill, you know, because my parents didn't speak the language. They were challenged. They were challenged from a language perspective and a cultural perspective. I I had it, I had the English language at nine or eight or ten. So I was responsible a lot of times for doing things like that. I attribute, I grew up really fast because I had to do adult things really early on. While some people could say that was a real tragedy or that shouldn't have happened, listen, I'm a I'm very high functioning and I am always looking for the next challenge. And even if I am afraid, because I'm afraid every day. I still just sit fear next to me, strap her down, put some masking tape over her mouth so she doesn't talk too loudly and just keep going. And I think that that's all that says a lot about who I am and how I got here. Well, I, and happy birthday, by the way. Oh, thank uh, you. <laughs> yeah. Hopefully you did something pretty cool for your birthday. And I, you know, 
I don't like dealing with the electric company now as you know an adult of many years, and I, I can't even imagine doing that in, in in my youth. So I I imagine there's a ton of life skills that that came from that, and probably serve you very well today. I would assume. Absolutely. So. Yeah. So you have, I I believe you had like kind of a a full career because I mean, you must have because Cool Life was founded, what, about five years ago? Actually, we launched it Valentine's Day and that was very intentional. We wanted it to be a gift of love for women everywhere. And we launched it in 2018. So, So four years and tell us a little bit about just what, what is Cool Life? Like, what were you, what were you creating? Well, Brock, I I created a digital platform dedicated to all of the opportunities and challenges that present themselves in this season of life, in particular for women. I am focused on women. And the reason I did that is because when I hit 52 or 53, every single awful symptom that can hit a woman through the transition called menopause, which every other human on the planet goes through, by the way. But we know very little about it. At least five years ago, when I started going through the process, I couldn't find information and I couldn't identify that my symptoms were directly correlated to that change in hormones internally because I had gained 30 pounds, I had vertigo, brain fog, dysregulation of emotion, anxiety. I was just not a good version of me. And I looked at my, I looked at my age and thought, well, hmm, I could live another 40 years. Am I going to be this miserable for the next 40 years? And and who else is out there that this is happening to? And, and they're lost and they're, they're feeling alone and frustrated. They want answers. Why can't we find them? That was the impetus for me to go out and build a repository where we could house the relevant information so that women and men, because we can't do this alone. We have our male counterparts in the world and they need to understand menopause as well because it's crazy making. <laughs> so, you know, the, the more people that are on the team and that know, the better off everyone else is, right? All of us, men and women. So, yeah, so I built that because I wanted to create a space where people could go to get relevant information. I couldn't provide it all myself. I'm not an expert or a thought leader in empty nest or divorce after 50 or even dry vagina. I mean, those are, these are not, they're topics that are important to me, but I'm, I don't have the knowledge. I went out and started looking for thought leaders from around the world who were already talking about these issues and these opportunities and asked them if they wanted to join Cool Life to have another platform, another vehicle by which to get their voice heard and provide that information. So that's a lot. That's not just like a website with a couple of blog posts on it. You, you've got a, it's grown substantially. And so where is it at today or where is it headed? Today we have over 55, I don't know, somewhere between 55 and 58 thought leaders from around the globe. I mean, as far away as New Zealand, Spain, the UK, Canada, women who are leaders in these topics, they're coaches, they're professionals, they are providing, they are coming and sharing their expertise, their knowledge, their tips, their advice, and they're providing that on the platform. So where is it going? I think it's going in the direction of 
I believe we'll be at a hundred thought leaders within the next 18 months to two years, because I, I now get inquiries from women. Hey, wow. I'm really impressed with your roster of thought leaders. How does one become one? I'm like, it's not that hard. Here you go. (laughs) Like if you have something to say and share and it's a value and it's empowering by all means, my table's big enough, pull up a chair. We'll figure it out. So that's where it's headed. That I, I believe that's where it's headed. Love it. Love it. And, you know, it sounds like, I mean, we approach it from different ways, but I certainly, I mean, I started this podcast on similar things. Like I didn't know how to do 50 and I looked around, there was like no information on what's 50 like. I wasn't even looking for specific topics like you were. It's just like, you know, when I was younger, 30s, even 40s, there was information. My daughter, college age, ton of information on how to do life. 50s got here and it seemed like no one knew how to do it. Yep. There's a lot of us doing it, but it was just like, I don't know. It's assumed we already have it figured out by now, or the world's just waiting for us to get out of the way. I I don't know what it was. So yeah, I just started looking around it as well and talking to people like you to just kind of figure out, well, how how do we do this? Because we are going to be around for a while. And none of the advertising I saw spoke to me at all, like was in any way relevant to who I thought I was or wanted to be. It all kind of either goes to, seems like, you know, how do, how do we become 20 again? Or how do we wait out these last few years before we die? Like there was nothing in between. And so anyway, I get excited to talk to people like you who are looking at that space in between. Well, I'm... I- you know, I, I hate to say this because this is going to sound like misery likes company, but I am actually relieved to hear you as a man that you had some of the same issues that I had as a woman, because honestly, I didn't, I didn't think about it that way. I didn't think that men were also in the dark about how to do this second half of life. The reality though, is that you know, in the 1900s, in the early 1900s, our lifespan was so, we didn't live to be 70, 80, 90. The average lifespan, and I don't know what it was for a man, but for a woman, it was 51. A white woman, it was 51. So what kind of information do we really need about how to do our 50s when very few people made it past 51? It's a different situation now. And we, you, me, and the rest of the individuals out there who, who are like raising their hand and saying, why are we being ignored? We're the ones that are defining this space. And I believe Brock, that there is a huge chasm between mini skirts and depends adult diapers. (laughs) And that is the space that I believe you can live the big cool life. And that's the space where I define my business, my cool life in the, in the platform is in that space. So Sorry, bud. I didn't realize it was happening to you too. <laughs> well, you know, and I, and I, it seems like women are in just, just observation, what I see like on Instagram, talking to guests, those sorts of things. I think women are well ahead of men in talking about it, trying to figure it out. I, I don't know if it's just because men generally don't talk about stuff like that, or men tend to go off and try and be the rugged individualist rather than pulling together in community for, for whatever it is. I see, a, I'm seeing more and more discussion and I'm seeing it accelerate even just over the past couple of years. Like when I first looked around two years ago, there was nothing that I saw. I mean, there was a few things, but 
it was, it was just very, very little. And, and so, yeah, in fact, the, the growth that you talk about on Cool Life kind of reflects that, you know, a L- little bit of traction, a little bit of traction. And now suddenly people are reaching out going, I want to find out more about this. Ag- agreed. As I said earlier, the reason I built it is because when I was going through it, I couldn't find any information. But yeah. since, since launching in 2018, you're 100% right. The proliferation of brands that are showing up on the market, in the market, that are targeting, you know, us, midlife and beyond, has grown tremendously. Now, you know, I'm like, oh, shoot, is that information bias? Meaning like I am now paying attention. So is that why I'm noticing it? But I also see like actors, you know, famous people who are now in this space who have turned that corner into the 50s, like uh, Ellen DeGeneres and Jennifer Garner and Cameron Diaz. And I see them starting businesses that are targeting women or women and men. I, I, I can't, I don't exactly know what their target markets are, if it's just female or men and, and men and women, but, the, but it is for the, for older, for us, for people in midlife and beyond, which is wonderful. We're finally getting noticed. And, and I agree. I I've seen a, I think I've seen a huge growth too over the last three or four years, which is good, right? Which is really good. I don't look at that as, oh my God, I have more competitors. I look at that as like, we have so much demand, so much demand and the supply just can't keep up with it. So bring it on. The the more supply, the better. (laughs) I don't think it's information bias because you were already looking for that information before and couldn't find it. So it's not like you, you, you missed it. So I don't think it's that. And in fact, one of the things that also I came across that just kind of blew my mind was that, you know, those of us over 50 spend something like 50% of the money, at least in America, and we get 7% of the advertising or something ridiculous like that. Like, I don't understand how businesses leave that much on the table, just miss this massive market. Not only is it huge, but it's got money. And so may, maybe they're starting to catch on, but it it does seem like there would be so much demand if for those who can figure us out, because I'm not seeing many that are figuring us out. <laughs> yeah, no, I mean, it's a pot of gold at the end of the rainbow for whoever gets there. I mean, it really is, because I don't know what the statistics are for men and women. I just know that women in particular own most of the wealth and women in particular make 80 to 85 to 90% of the purchasing decisions in households. Yeah. I mean, I don't know what your personal situation is. If you have a female, you know, partner or, you know, someone that lives in your home that happens to have a double X, but I make most of the purchasing decisions and we're not talking, you know, brand of toothpaste and toilet paper. We're talking vacations, cars, second homes, big ticket items. People pay attention. <laughs> We're spending money. Pay attention, right? Absolutely. And and married. And I've seen that before. Yes, that women make 80 plus percent of the decisions. And I fully, fully believe that. Now, as you've been looking around, as you've been talking to experts, as you've been figuring this stuff out for yourself, what's the message that those of us in midlife really need to hear or haven't been hearing? And there may not be one. I, it just, like I say, it feels like we're kind of a forgotten and being Gen X, you know, always feel like the forgotten generation kind of thing anyway. So we're tough being Gen X. We're tough, man. We're like scrappy. There's, it takes, we can't just, we cannot be put down. Right. We latchkey kid. Right. We parented ourselves. It, it, yeah, it just, 
It's very true. So I think, I think the one message that I want, and it's interesting because usually I talk about women, but I want men to hear this too. This isn't, I'm not anti-men, right? I mean, I'm, I'm, I live with one, I made one. So it's, it's not like I hate men. Is that all, all of the emotions that we go through this time of life, which are varied and sundry, right? Because if you've had children, they're leaving the nest. Well, what if you're of of the ilk that you cannot wait for them to walk out that door. You have your passport in hand and you're ready to go. Well, that's, that's normal. And you shouldn't be shamed for being excited that you've launched your kid and now you have all this independence. But what if, what if you don't feel that way? What if you're grief, grief stricken? What if, you know, you really invested so much of who you were or you are into raising that child and them leaving is, is a really tough transition and you're not happy about it. You know what? That's normal too. And what I want everyone to know is that there's a huge range of emotions and the way that we deal with life events in this section of life. And that if we share with each other our feelings about it and how we're handling, handling it, and if we can learn from one another, and if we can learn from one another, then we don't feel as isolated or alone. And isolation and loneliness is a far greater risk to our longevity and health than BMI or smoking cigarettes. I mean, isolation is way worse than smoking like a pack of cigarettes a day. It's a bigger killer. And so I, I really want people and women in particular to know when they head into this section of life that they're not alone. It gets harder for us sometimes to make connections as we age because we lose if we're if we were working, we lose we could potentially lose our work environment. If our children leave home, when our children leave home, we're no longer socializing potentially with the other parents. There's a lot of ways where we start to lose connection with humans as we age and it becomes harder and harder to maintain them. And it's it's essential. It's essential to our health and longevity. I mean, that's the key. A couple of things there. One is just the idea of realizing you're not alone. And, and that is so powerful, even on stuff that intellectually we know, like, you know, hey, there's a lot of people over 50. Like, obviously, I'm not the only one, but it can feel. And I think especially as we look at everyone's highlight reels on social media, you know, it it does feel like we're the only one going through any kind of, of trauma, trouble headaches, anything in trying to figure this out, weird range of emotions. Cause you know, what you talk about, you know, kids leaving home, none of that's mutually exclusive. Like you can be really proud. You raise someone who's able to go out on their own and really, really sad that they're about to go and excited for freedom and really sad for the reasons behind that. I mean, that's complex emotions there. And I, I just think it's powerful for people to realize that, yeah, you're probably not alone in this. Like it's a normal, normal human thing there. And, you know, that, that community piece, yeah, friends as we age is, you know, I see, I see a lot of articles on, I, from my own experience, most of, most of the friends I have, I gained prior to graduating college. I picked up a few since then, but the bulk was, you know, kind of those who stayed with from, from youth and I don't know it's it's just I don't know if it's not a life skill if it's not an opportunity thing because like when you're little when, when my son was five he called anyone that he spoke with for more than three seconds his friend it was just kids glom onto each other and, and have fun and as adults I, I don't know doesn't seem like we do that we just get caught up in our lives and if we don't have a common denominator like our children pulling us together and creating friendships um, 
That's hard. So I'm excited. I'm always excited. I'm rambling here. Sorry. I'm always excited to see people building that community because I do think that's really important. Agreed. A hundred percent, which is why we're both here having this conversation <laughs> because we both believe that to be true. Yeah. So what fires you up about midlife? I mean, obviously, and some people get rolled down in the dumps over the hill and all that, and that that's clearly not you. And so what gets you excited about midlife? What gets me excited is that I am working towards becoming unfuckwithable. And every day I get closer and closer. If you think about that, right? That means to me that my happiness, my trauma, my comfort, my health, everything comes internally. I am, I don't care. I do not care if you like me or don't. I do not care. And, and I'm getting better at saying no, no. I don't want to do that. That does not fill me with joy. That does not get me excited. I have X amount of time left. I'm way more careful with the way and the way I use it. I'm I'm way more choosy, I guess. That gets me excited because I feel like I have license now. I'm like, yeah, no, not interested in doing that. That doesn't sound interesting to me. And, you know, I'm 58. I mean, how much more time do I have left? So I'm going to focus on the stuff that gets me excited and makes me happy. And that's, you know, keeping myself, I want to keep the machine. I feel like this is my machine, right? I get to drive around in it forever. How long? Well, I want to keep this machine as capable as possible because I want to live whatever time I have on the planet. I want to live it the way I want to live it, which is mobile. I I want to be able to travel in my 70s, 80s. I I have a huge wanderlust, so I'm a huge traveler. But I want to continue to travel until the very end. And I can't do that if I can't walk up a hill or carry a bag or put a backpack on my back. So just keeping healthy, and you can do that. That's the thing. It's like that whole concept that we start to just completely deteriorate, get in a wheelchair or you know sit in the corner and knit and make cookies. You can if you want to, but you don't have to. It's not like a, it's not like a requirement. So yeah. You know, I was going to ask you about outdated or maybe even never accurate beliefs. And I think you just nailed one right there that aging can be wind down, sit in the corner and knit, but you don't have to take on the rocking chair if you don't want to. And so what I didn't mean to offend anyone who's a knitter. (laughs) My my daughter knits. We're we're good. run a marathon and knit or do an Ironman and knit. I'm sure they exist too. That's just the story I tell myself. That is my sort of indicator of, you know, but that is, yeah, I, that is a common stereotype though. I think uh, of aging, like we retired to the rocking chair and knit or what, whatever, just all those stereotypes that we have in our head from when we were young. Cause I don't know. I remember 70 being ancient. Of course, you know, when you're 14, 70 feels ancient anyway, but when you're 14, 30 is ancient. Right. (laughs) But, you know, just thinking back to the lifestyles of those I knew at that age then versus the lifestyles of those I know at that age now, I don't think it's just kind of the bias of youth. I, I, I'm seeing people being much, much more active, much more vibrant, much later. Anyway, so for those who are just kind of waking up to this or just realizing that, hey, I got myself in a place where I don't want to be. And I love this idea. I love the message of of this vibrant, as long as I can be vibrant. Where do you recommend they start or or kind of what, what are some of the things that you're seeing on helping people 
get that if they don't have that and they really want it? Well, I'm going to have to tell you, first thing you should do is go to Cool Life and peruse the thought leaders on the about page and what they talk about, because I bet someone, if not multiple people in there, are addressing the concerns or the opportunities that you're thinking about. And so you can start there, but just or reach out to me, you know, and, and if you need help in direction of like who to talk to or where to go, I, you know, my, my Rolodex, boy, did that just date me, right? My Rolodex is open <laughs> to anyone. I don't, I don't hold information back. I'm not that kind of person. It's like, yeah. Yeah. So just know you're not alone. Know you're not alone. If you feel alone, reach out, go look at the, go look at the website, go start getting acquainted with the thought leaders and you'll see that they're out there championing the causes and the issues and the opportunities that are presenting right now in your life that are coming up for you right now in your life. Excellent. Well, so normalizing aging, I actually want to loop back around. I know we kind of started talking about that and I know we've been touching on it, but for you, what would normalizing aging look like? What would 50 plus start to look like to those who aren't 50 plus now? If that question makes any sense at all. I mean, because we were just talking about the stereotypes we have in our head from our youth of, of, you know, over 50, over 60, over 70. And what would you hope that that stereotype would become? How about a big billboard with an ad, right? For cosmetic or a dress or attire. And the model looks like me. Or you, what about that? What if we saw that? What if we saw those images over and over again? We would feel we were normal. We would feel that we were part of the world and the community because we would see images that resonate with us, that look like us, that feel like us. But the issue is we don't get to see those. So that's what causes the isolation. That's what causes the feelings of becoming invisible and irrelevant Because the world bombards us with, as you were saying, images of 20-somethings and 30-somethings. 20-somethings and 30-somethings are trying to sell me Botox. Excuse me, do you know that at 20, you really don't need that stuff? But yeah, I mean, it would be nice to see people that look like me and you. I think that would help us feel more normal. I always think of advertising as being what others either think I am or think I think I should be. And... Yeah, I don't see you. I don't see me in those advertisements in, in, in any of them. They, they all seem to miss horribly. And so we don't have this kind of normalized view of you can be vibrant midlife and beyond can be kind of the best half because you're bringing some wisdom, knowledge, experience into it. Yeah, I don't know about you, but I don't want to go back to being 20 something. I mean, mm, my no. son is about to be 20 and I just look at him and go, oh, I'm so tired for you. I mean, I, this decade, this next decade is a bear. It's just a bear. If I remember, I mean, I, there were so many boxes to check off, right? Education, find the person, get a job, move to where you're moving, buy a house. I mean, there were just, there's so much to check off in that decade and it's exhausting and you don't even know what you're doing or even if that's what you want. At least that's what my experience was of that decade. Um and, and, and now I, I don't do things just because there's something to be checked off. I do it because I feel good about it and I want to. That's a huge difference. So yeah, no desire to go back to being 20 something or 30 something, to be honest with you. I'm good. 
Yeah, no, I'm I'm with you right there. Twenty was twenties were awesome, and that was enough. <laughs> like I have no desire to to do that again. Well, I, you know, as we start wrapping up today, Jacqueline, what haven't I asked you about? Anything we haven't covered yet? I mean, and I know we just touched on a lot of different topics around midlife and beyond, but anything we left out? You know, I, the only other thing that I would like to mention, and this is completely, you know, I'm this is totally for my own benefit, is that on that site, I also have a curated shopping experience because I focus on women-driven brands. One of the things is if you shop on that site, you are literally putting money directly into another woman's pocketbook. And I'm always looking for women-driven brands to represent in that curated shopping experience. So if any of your listeners are you know, is a woman who is either a jewelry maker or soap maker or makes clothes or whatever, or has a book, I would be more than thrilled to showcase them in that curated shopping experience because it is about supporting women. And that's the only other thing. I mean, other than that, I think we covered everything that, well, not everything, clearly not everything, can't cover everything in a half hour, but we covered a lot. (laughs) We, we did. And and actually, th- thanks for mentioning that about the, the women-owned businesses. That's something that, that gets my wife very excited and, you know, lo- love to support the small business and the women-owned business. And that connection to also those in midlife who are doing a business, you know, one of the things that we often miss, I mean, we think of the entrepreneur as the, the 20-something in Silicon Valley, and yet from everything I've seen and heard, most entrepreneurs are midlife and we stand a much greater chance of being successful just because we come with that life experience and the connections. You nailed it. You absolutely nailed it. That's exactly why I developed that curated shopping experience because I wanted to support women in midlife because that's the largest percentage of entrepreneurs that are opening up their doors. And you're right. We are more successful than our younger counterparts. And I think it's just because of what you said, we have more business experience. We also have more patience. Hmm. Yeah. Say more to that a little bit. Yeah. A lot. Like I said earlier, (laughs) you know, a lot less bothers me every single day. I feel like I'm a lot less bothered by the outside world and more driven internally. And so I think that if you know, you know, that, you know, that, you know, right. That what you're doing is, is what you're supposed to be doing then chances are you're not going to be dissuaded or discouraged by all of the issues and shortcomings and failures that happen when you start a business because every day is a new opportunity to fail miserably all day long and then occasionally win and that is what it's like to be an entrepreneur it is a roller coaster right it is like i say it's like being a teenager all over again everything is either really really great or really really bad it's <laughs> just like so yeah, well, that's, um, that's... I, I can appreciate that. And, and also I know I, you know, chasing the shiny, you know, it's, it was easier for me to get distracted when I was younger and, and I still can get distracted very easily, but I do have a little bit more of that patience, a little bit more of the, well, let's see where this goes before I chase the next shiny object. I like shiny objects too. I feel your pain. I, <laughs> I struggle sometimes. <laughs> well, Jacqueline, this has been awesome. Just Elevating and normalizing that aging in not only how other people think of those of us midlife and beyond, but how we think of ourselves in midlife and beyond. It's a conversation that I, I don't think we can stop having. And, and I'd love to have just because there are so many people out there doing amazing things. 
been fabulous having you on today, Jacqueline. Any final thoughts or words before we wrap up? Nope. I think, I think we're good. Thank oh, I, Thank you. I know. I know what I didn't ask you. Where can people find you? No, that's a good question. You can you can find me through Cool Life, and that is spelled U E L. And people always ask, like, where did you get that word for cool? It's an actual word in the Urban Dictionary. It is a synonym for C O O L. And my perspective is that I wanted to continue to live my cool life forever. And that's why I picked cool life. And so it's K U E L life. If you go there, you can send, you can find me there. You can find me on all the social platforms, all of them, Instagram, Pinterest, LinkedIn, Facebook, you name it. I'm on there. And so you can just contact me directly through any of those platforms. And I'm here. I'm here. So I encourage, I encourage you to contact me. Excellent. Well, thank you so much, Jacqueline. Thank you, Brock.